Good Saturday morning. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air. My name is Sean. I'm here with Phil, and um, we're here to talk about the truth of God. And um, we'll be back with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Phil, back together again. How's your day going this morning, even though it's a little bit early so far? Oh, it's going good. Just... Uh, having last night just uh, one of those not uh, well sleepless nights, but sleepless from the perspective of uh, getting information from Yah about uh, some stuff, and uh, so it was really good. Um, sleep is overrated. You know, you have time with Yah. You get up the next day, you're fine. You're ready to go. Uh, no ill effects from it. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. And do, and do you find that as you go, that it's really more sleep is not the issue. It's really rest. And the rest is in the mind. Cause I was just thinking about that, that for me, I can get by with not very much sleep. Like in the past, it would be like, if I didn't get a certain amount of sleep, I'd be kind of feel like a zombie. But now I find that it's more what's on your mind that's keeping you from really resting and sleeping is more of the issue than the actual amount of time. And I'll actually piggyback off of what you had said that I actually had, I was laying in bed and got woken up probably maybe a little bit after two o'clock. And I had, this was a, what we're actually starting with was a question that came to my mind and I've been rolling it and thinking about different aspects of it. And even thinking about it this morning, so I've been up uh, pretty early, but it was really good because I actually had, and, and sometimes it happens in different ways, sometimes I'll get the topic that we're going to start with ahead of time, sometimes I'll get it right before, and I had a something that came around a few times, and I was evaluating it, and I thought, well, that, that'll be a good, that's a good topic that we could start with, and I wasn't. I put it aside and wasn't really thinking about it and then going to bed and then waking up being woken up to this. And it was a, it was a question and really I've been thinking about it, putting it to myself and then thinking about it and then being a really good podcast topic because you can take this in so many different ways and get understanding from, from Yah. And the question is that came to mind was, is it worth the reward? And it wasn't necessarily that I was thinking about a concept and then all of a sudden the question came that is it worth reward? It was, 
this is a question that you can have Socratic conversation about because you could take this to different things. You could take this question to something in the world, something at your job, faith in God, the journey of faith in God. And obviously where we focus is on seeking God with all your heart. And it's, we're talking to people that are pursuing faith that really want to know the truth. And I was just thinking about this concept and I actually had a word come to mind along with this that I hadn't thought of that goes along with it. But really thinking about it and just thinking about reward, any kind of rewards and anything that you do in life, if you're really thinking about it and being honest, that there's some reward tied to it. And I was thinking about the concept of, can you do anything? Really? Will you do anything if there's no reward? And what I mean is this, that for example, you get up early in the morning for a reason you want to exercise. You want to watch TV, spend time with you go to a job. There's something tied to it. There's some reason that you do what you do. And the motivating factor would be the reward that I go to work so that the reward is I get money, pay the bills, have leisure time, save money to buy something I want. There's something tied to it. And with this concept, there's a price that must be paid because in order to have a reward, there's something that you've got to do. There's some service that you've got to do in order to obtain whatever reward is tied to it. For example, we want to go eat, eat out at a restaurant Well, the reward is getting to get the food that you want to get, have the fellowship that you want to get with somebody else. If I want to get breakfast from McDonald's or Hardy, something like that, that the reward is the biscuit, the hash browns. Well, I've got to do my part in order to get it. So we do this, this concept, the aspect of service and rewards. The main thing that's sticking out to me in this, one of the main things is that there's a cost that's involved because it's either one, you've got to be willing to pay whatever price is tied to that reward in order to get it. Now, if you steal, then you will pay an ultimate price for that theft, but that's really, you're trying to circumvent the actual process, which is the service and the reward that comes with it. And really the out of scripture that came to mind with this, when Yah was talking to Abram before his name was changed to Abraham and he came to him and he said, Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. And it made me think of that in order to get for God to be your reward, then there's service that you have to do. You have to seek them with all your heart. Seek for me and you will find me the reward when you seek with all your heart. So the price, the cost to get the reward is to seek God with all your heart. If you're not willing to put in that price, then Yah will not seek you with all their heart. So that's where faith is involved is that you must come to God first so that God will then come to you. So the way that you come to Yah, Yah will come to you. 
and people may not think of this, that you do this in your everyday life. You don't even recognize it because people may say, well, I know what a reward is. It's there's a $500 reward for a cat or a dog that's missing. And then you, you get the money. Well, it is, that is a reward, a monetary reward, but there's something that you must do to get it, that you've got to go and you've got to find the cat or dog in order to be given the reward that you could look at this as a cause and effect. The problem is a lot of times we want to get the reward without putting in the work, without putting in the service, because the reward will always follow the service. It's not the other way around. So there's something that we must do and we need to figure out the cost of things, the worth of things in order to obtain the reward. And is it worth whatever you're willing to pay? And what's interesting about this is that, and I've said this before, I'm sure you have Phil too, that somebody will say, all right, well, I'm selling this and it's, it's $20 and you say, well, that's not worth it. But to somebody else, $20. Yeah, I'll pay that. That's worth it. In order for you to go after something, if there's a price attached to it, you're not going to go after something if you don't agree with the cost of it. If I don't agree with a $20, whatever it is at the store to one, well, I'm willing to pay that price to get that reward and to another, I'm not willing to pay that price to get the reward. In faith in God, do we know what the reward is or do we think we know what the reward is? Because we've come from Christianity and Christianity, well, the cost is you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the reward is, well, I'm going to, I'm saved. I'm, I'm going to be in the kingdom of God. Yeah. But is that the cost that must be paid in order to get the reward? Well, the word of God says something different that you have to be willing to give everything. You have to be willing to sacrifice yourself in order to get the reward, which is eternal life. A lot of times what will happen is, is we assume that we know the cost. Well, I know the cost. Yeah, but what does the word of God say about it from Messiah himself, Yeshua? Count the cost of what you're about to do. You're going into battle. You're going to be building something. Count the cost because you don't want to be found where you're a builder and you don't complete the job. And how are you looked at? You didn't complete what was necessary to get the reward. And I was thinking about this because how many times, and I'll just speak to me, is you you do something to get the reward from it, and do you really think, was that really worth all that time that I spent on it? And I'll use it for me because this came to me, so this is for me to evaluate. Looking on the phone, watching TV, things like that, is that worth the reward? Because the reward is you got to have pleasure. You got to have time to unwind. That's the reward. That's why you're seeking after it. But what about this? Spending time with Yah in the truth of God. Is that worth the reward? Which the reward is more knowledge and wisdom, more understanding, opportunity to more have more peace. Is really look at what you see as a reward to really evaluate the means by which you're doing it. Because 
you do things for a reward and you're willing to put in the time, you're willing to pay the cost. But what does the Word of God say about it? Well, the Word of God talks about this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it results in death. Well, you're going after things in the world for pleasure, thinking that it's going to bring ultimate pleasure, but really, what's it going to bring you? Is it going to bring you heartache, struggle, things that you don't want? Because ultimately, when we think about this from those that are seeking God, that are looking, seeking after faith, that ultimately, in the end, it's either going to be the kingdom of God, or it's going to be hell. It's going to be the abyss. And with what you do, what is the reward in your mind? Is the reward being with God forever? Or is it doing what I want to do? Because ultimately, no matter what you're doing, it's going to end up in either one of two places, either heaven or hell. And the way you live your life here, what you value, what you treasure, is ultimately going to be where your heart is. So this is a a really good way to evaluate what you're doing. And is it worth the reward that I'm seeking after? Am I I looking after a temporary thing or am I looking for an eternal reward? And I'd actually looked this up. I had another word alongside of this that's similar. And you know how it is when you get a word that comes to mind that you have the opportunity to break it down. There's a difference between a reward and an award. Now I'll explain. What came to mind was Let's say you're in sports that you have, for example, let's say a winter sports award banquet or somebody is retiring and they're given a award for service. Those are set aside times, specified occasions for somebody to be given an accolade, a merit for something that's been accomplished. Like for example, somebody's the athlete of the year salesperson of the year, and they're giving, given an award. And a lot of times the award is not expected. It's a surprise thing that somebody says, Hey, we've seen your work and we really want to separate and give you a separate special accomplishment or a merit award. A reward is involves you having to do something you give in service in order to receive something else. And it came to mind in regards to this, is there an aspect of this in the word of God? And what came to mind was, is that when the word says that the blessed is the man or woman that undergoes trial, because when they've been proved, they'll receive the crown of life by the Lord. And it made me think of the, at the end, once we're in the kingdom that Yah gives the crown of life. And it made me think of the aspect of the crown being given and then the crown being given back to Messiah because I'm giving you this award because of it, it's been accomplished that it's a special award of merit. And then looking at, well, Messiah, you're the one that deserves this award. We don't deserve it. You're the one that's uh, worthy of it. That it's something that's given by God when something has been done, for example, well done, good and faithful servant. 
that that's the award that God would give. But you could also look at it as a motivation to, well, I really want Yah to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. So my reward is I am seeking after God. I really want to be with God. I really want to know their ways to where we have the opportunity and faith to transfer from being focused on the reward of being saved versus, well, the reward that I'm looking at is I want to have conversational relationship with God. I just want to know them and know their truth more and more. I'm not focusing on being saved from hell. I'm being focused on knowledge and wisdom and peace and understanding. So with things like this, for things of faith and the aspect of what's the reward we're focused on, where we can use things in the world to understand the spiritual, that there's a reason why you do what you do and what reward are you focused on? Is it a monetary thing? Is it mental, like a spiritual aspect that you're looking to get acceptance? There's some reason that that we all do what we do. There's something that we'll do to look to get a reward. And even from the aspect of faith, you can look at it as godliness with contentment is great gain. Well, the reward is you have the great gain of more peace of mind, but if you don't have, if you don't put in the work of seeking and pursuing and walking in godliness and being content, then you're not going to have the reward of great gain, which is that more peace in mind and just being able to walk in faith and just more and more of a peace because this faith, it's going to cost you And if you're not willing to pay the cost, then you're not going to get the reward. The the rich young man that came to Messiah, his assumption was, well, I can keep all my riches and then there's something else that I've got to do and then I'll get eternal life. But he didn't realize that, wow, I didn't realize that the cost was selling everything and giving it to the poor. Am I willing to pay that cost? I'm not willing to give up the riches. Well, If you're not willing to give up the riches, then you're not going to get the reward, which is being in the kingdom of God. You've got to be willing to sacrifice yourself because ultimately to find the fullness of faith, the cost is everything, is your very life. You have to be willing to pay that cost. But if you're not willing to pay the cost that's set, then you don't put much value on faith in God. And it's just, and we do this all the time that wood is really something worth. Something is worth what you're willing to pay for it. Somebody puts $50 on this. Well, I don't think it's worth it. All right, then you're not willing to get the reward of that item. You've got to be willing to pay that cost. And, and Yah sets out the guidelines that here's, if you want the reward, this is what you must do. If you want to find me, you've got to seek with all your heart in order to obtain that reward. And this is just an interesting concept is really, as I think about this more, just like anything we get from Yah, that it is for a purpose for those listening in to really evaluate this, but it's, it's more for me as well because it came to me to really evaluate what I'm doing and is it worth the reward that you're getting or you think you're getting out of it. So just to really evaluate what you're doing, how you're doing it, and is this something that's worthy of going after as a reward or is it something that I shouldn't be doing because 
And Phil, I remember you had talked to your brother about this and he was asking about faith and well, if it's easy. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the cost of faith is if you want it easy, no, the cost is struggling and suffering. And if you want it to be easy, then you're not ready to pay the cost yet. So with anything, especially with what Messiah was saying about being in faith is really count the cost, think about it and realize what are you really focusing on as a reward? What are you really looking for? What are you looking to gain? Because, because the biggest prize is eternal life, faith in, in, in Yah, but there's a cost that must be paid in order to do that. And even Messiah said that, like, if you're not willing to leave father, mother, sister, brother, then you're not worthy of me. So the cost to follow me is you have to be willing to give up everything just like I'm willing to give up everything. And a lot of times we'll just kind of put that out there that, yep, you got to weigh the cost of faith, but really weigh the cost because are you willing to pay the price that it takes to find faith in God? Are you willing to say, yes, I'm willing to pay this, but you've got to pay it. And if people aren't willing to pay it, then really you're going to end up with the reward, which is since you weren't willing to go after this, then your reward is you get the abyss because you weren't willing to pay this price. So if I'll get, turn it over to you for any thoughts, but this is, this came to mind and I was just thinking about this concept of we do things in life in order to obtain rewards, but make sure that our priorities are in the right place, that more and more that we are looking at the godly things to get the reward from that, as opposed to doing things that are just selfish and in the world. So if you're going to reward me with something, Should that be an expectation if, in other words, the word reward, if you look at it, it entails that you're getting something beyond what you earned. And if you're getting something beyond what you earned, if, if it's just a matter of you getting what you earned, is it a reward? No, it's kind of more of just like a wage. Well, you, you get your wage. You get a wage, but I mean, if you think of it from the perspective of reward, uh, a reward is that not you getting something that's not deserved? It's it's extra, but it's not deserved. Meaning that you do your job and you do it good. What you deserve is your pay, but. If your manager wants to give you a reward, then the manager says, well, you've done a good job and we appreciate it. So we're going to award you with lunch for the day or a gift card to this or that. Um, and I'm bringing this out because with God, we want to be careful with the aspect of reward that, yes, we will be rewarded by God, but we don't want to get trapped in an area where it's an expectation that we deserve it because even with uh, our 
believing in Messiah, we still don't deserve to have that place in the kingdom. And sometimes that starts to slip our mind when we're on this faith journey that us getting into the kingdom is has nothing to do with what we've earned and what we deserve. It's a reward given by God because of faithfulness. You don't get the kingdom because you did everything that you were supposed to do in faith. You, you get it because you were faithful. You continually strove in it, and God says, okay, I'm giving you beyond what you deserve because the payment that you deserve for being born in this life is eternal death. And so if we look at uh, the, the grace of God as an expectation, then we put ourselves in a position of do we deserve it? And uh, just breaking down the difference in why would I, you know, I don't, when I go to work and I get my paycheck, I don't see that as a reward. A reward would be, hey, you, you went above and beyond and we choose that we're going to give you something for that rather than, well, I, I went above and beyond and you do, you owe this to me. It's, it, one of the things that came to mind was end-of-the-year bonuses. Okay? End-of-the-year bonuses are not earned. If they are, it's not a it's it's not a reward. If you know that because you do these certain things, then you're going to get it. Okay, well that's just another paycheck. Too many people, and we got to be careful with this. Is I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you or seen it, where you'll be working somewhere and you'll get a bonus one year, and it'll be pretty good bonus, like, I don't know, whatever, which you're not used to. You you work for this company. Well, a year later, they give a bonus at the end of the year, but it's, say, the first year you got $500 as a bonus at the end of the year. Then the next year you get 50 You ever complain about that? You ever see people or hear people complain about it. The $50 is a reward, just like the 500 was. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You didn't do something to earn it. See, we take it personal and think that, that well, you're punishing me. I'm doing a good job, but you're punishing me. Well, it's my money. I can give you 5000 extra if I want, or I can give you $5 extra. But if I give you $5 extra, more than likely, you're going to be offended at that reward than if I gave you more. Why? Because you're wanting. You, you want the, the most that you can get. And then have you ever seen this? where You're working and side by side with other people and somebody else gets a little bit more of a bonus than you do. And you get upset. Because they got a greater bonus. And the reality is, is why are you weighing it against them? It's 
the the company owner's money and it's his to do what he wants to do with outside of your normal paycheck be thankful that you got extra money don't worry about weighing it against what somebody else got why they got it or how they got it and this is why we really got to be careful because we can do that with faith i'm worried about why why sean got what he he got just like the uh this comes to mind right now the aspect of the prodigal son with the one who didn't leave well how come he's being rewarded and and i'm not getting anything and i've been here the whole time and i've done everything that you want me to do how come i'm not getting the reward because my son was lost and now he's found that's something to rejoice and reward is that he changed his life and he wasn't asking for a reward he was he was just asking to be a servant in the house and the father was like no because you repented i'm going to give you everything over again you you regain the inheritance that you squandered when you went off but he didn't deserve it. He knew he didn't deserve it. And anytime we look at a reward, we should see it as a gift because us entering into the kingdom of God is a reward, but it's not deserved. And we should be thankful that we have uh, that ability to enter in to the kingdom. So we want to be careful when we look at this because, and the, the difference, as you were talking about with the difference between the word award and reward, and sometimes they go together. You may get an award of, Sean, you're doing such a great job here at the insurance company, and uh, we're giving you this plaque of recognition that you've done a great job for us. Okay, that's an award. And along with that, we're giving you a $50 check. That's a reward. Just because you did your job well, you didn't deserve the $50. And that's the thing. When we expect that we deserve it, it's no longer a reward. As a matter of fact, it's not a reward. It's now an obligation to the one giving the reward. And with faith, we don't want to obligate God to anything. They can obligate themselves to it. And when God obligates themselves to say for you to have salvation, that believe in my son, my one and only son, and you'll have salvation. So we believe in the son. It's still a reward because we don't deserve it because we're born in flesh, flesh. We deserve death. And that's what the grace of God is, is that because you believed in my son, I'm going to give you this reward, which is entrance into the kingdom. But part of the problem in the world with people who seek faith in God is once they get it, they think they deserve it. And 
No, you don't deserve it because it has nothing to do with the merits of what you've done. It has everything to do with God being generous because you did your your task and your job. If you go to your job and laze around and don't get claims done and don't do anything, are you going to be, are you going to receive it? you'll receive your check until they're like, oh, he's not doing his job, so we need to get rid of him. But there's no chance if you don't do your job, just do your job, there's no chance that you're going to get a reward. If you're you're the one that's always the one finishing the claims last and getting everything done last, why would you expect or why would there be a thought that I might be rewarded for this. Now, God does tell us that if you do the stipulation that they laid out there, you will get the reward of the promise. So, you know, if you tithe the full tithe, I will open up the floodgates. You tithe the tithe, tithe you still don't deserve for God to open the floodgates because you're still, you're still, I. Uh, in a body of flesh, and therefore you don't deserve it. But God says, well, this is what I've said, and if you do it, you will see the reward. But when the reward comes, don't look at it as though you deserve it, as an expectation, because that's what happens. You get a bonus one year company had a real good year, you get a $500 bonus. You already, when you get that bonus, you've already locked that in that you're going to get that next year. And next year rolls around and inflation happened and cost happened and uh, uh, some incidents happened that took away money from the company and you don't get a bonus. Are you fine with that? Because I can tell you myself in the past, I would have been, we got $1,500 last, last year, and this year we got 50 we got, we got a meal at a restaurant? Do, do I deserve anything more than what I agreed to for payment? And that's where we have to recognize that reward is above and beyond. Reward is something that you don't deserve. If you deserve it, then it's not a reward. And so we just want to make sure that just for clarity's sake, that we understand that when God's going to reward us with things, we still don't deserve it. We will get it because God said, If you do this, you will get this, but God doesn't owe you anything. They're proving that who they are is right, fair, just, and perfect. And I'll turn it over to you. I had this question at the very beginning. Because we look at this and we say, is the is it worth it? Is is what worth it? 
Okay. Well, I, I would uh, look at it and say the struggle is the struggle for faith worth the reward of the kingdom. Well, I've got a different question. Is the reward of the kingdom worth the struggle of life? Because that's where it matters because a lot of people, I don't want to have to feel like this and I don't want to feel bad and I don't want to have to go through these things and I don't want to have to face my past. Well, then you don't see the reward as being worth the struggle. And therefore, you're not, why would you struggle for the opportunity of a reward if the struggle is going to be too much for you and I, 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 don't want, I don't want to have to struggle? Well, then you have to give up the reward because generally a reward comes because you have, you have uh, graciously done your job and because you want to be uh, a good and pleasing employee, you go above and beyond. Not in excessive extremes in areas that you shouldn't be um, reaching to, but you go above and beyond, meaning I'm going to do my absolute best because I, I just want to do my best in the, in the job that I do. Then the company may or may not take note of it. And if they take note, and you get the reward, then you still didn't deserve it. And if you don't get the reward, it doesn't matter to you because you're just doing what you want to do. I, I, I want to be the best that I can at this job. And that will sometimes, with good employers, will prompt a reward because rewards can be used as incentive for you to uh, work better, but really our mindset, whatever we do, we should do it unto the Lord. And therefore I'm going to do the best I can at whatever I'm doing. I'm not doing it for the reward. I'll get my paycheck and that's, that's good. If I get something else, then it's different. And it's different if it's part of your set, like, the job I work now, we have what they call profit sharing. Okay. Well, you're told at the beginning that after a year of employment, you get 20%. After two years, you get 40%. And all the way up to where you get 100%. Once you get 100%, you're what they call fully, fully vested. And then that means that after you hit that fifth year, even if you quit the company, you still get a check for that 100% of your portion until you die. Well, actually, even after you die, it passes on to your spouse. And so that's not something that I'm earning. That's an extra that comes with the job. So it is a reward. I don't deserve it, but I was told that you'll get it. And so there's, there is an expectation that it'll come, but 
do I do I deserve for them to offer that to me? No, that that's an extra thing that's added to it. And, and you might look at, I mean, if they used it as a bargaining chip for you to come work for them, then it's part of your pay. So it just depends on how uh, how it's used. If it's like you start working for them and they're like, oh, by the way, we have this profit sharing um, after you've already come to work for them. That's one thing. But if they use it, well, we have profit sharing and that's part of the, you know, part of the, the job. Okay, well, then if they tell you that that's part of the job, then you can expect that. But you can't expect a uh, something different like a end-of-the-year bonus that's different than a profit sharing because you don't deserve it. So it's really important that, one, we have to weigh, is the reward worth the struggle? And Paul made it clear that these momentary afflictions that we face here, no matter how tough the struggle is, and look at some of the struggles he went through, the struggles Messiah went through, the uh, Paul being shipwrecked three times, uh, bitten by the viper on the hand, beaten, beat, uh, stoned to death, drug out of the city, prayed over and then got back up and went back into the city. I. Uh, but all that stuff that Paul did, he did it because he was zealous for God. He wasn't doing it for the reward. He was doing it because he really wanted to be pleasing to God. And after he met Messiah, he found a way that he could truly be pleasing to God. And that's what his desire was, to be pleasing to God. The reward of the kingdom is, that's not what he was doing what he was doing for. He was doing it because Prior to his meeting Messiah, he wanted to please God. That's why he was doing what he was doing. Then when he met Messiah and realized that he had been persecuting him and he had been putting the Son of God down and he made that change, he just wanted to do what was right, period. It had nothing to do with, I'm doing this because I want to gain the reward of God of getting into the kingdom. But he made it clear that if you do these things, you will receive that reward. So those are uh, some of the thoughts that Mother had run into my mind as you were talking there. Just thinking more about this as you were speaking, how Yah does their teaching, that it was revealed to me something that the reason for this question coming to mind is because with my work, I've been doing things even yesterday to attempt to get the reward and getting upset when I'm not getting the reward that I think that I deserve, which is I've changed my mind in that now that don't not to focus on the reward, just do what is right, do your best. And then if a reward comes great, if not, don't complain about it because being careful when you complain against others that you're not complaining towards God as well doesn't, and obviously not an intentional thing, but I hadn't really been seeing a reward as something that's extra beyond what you've agreed to. And I had this come to mind with the word that I'd actually brought this up, but just got understanding on it of when it talks about in the word where, when the crowns were placed at the feet of Messiah, 
what that's showing is it's a mindset of the reason that's in there is to show that you're given this crown, but the reason that they put it back down at his feet is because the heart of we don't deserve this, that it's not that I refuse to take this crown. It's that it's the humbleness of, yeah, thank you for this. I don't deserve this. And because you have that mindset, no, that's why we're giving you the award. Cause I had this come to mind when you, when you said this about the reward and award that the award and the reward go together, but the award is like a culmination of because of your good work and your conduct that you've been rewarded before. This is like a kind of like a, an overall award for all the rewarding things that you've done. It's like a culmination of because of an embodiment of work or aspects that we're giving you like a kind of a reward in one, like we're giving you a, a um, big acknowledgement for all of the above and beyond that you've done for so many years. So, and what we should be doing is we shouldn't be looking to get that from God. We should just be looking to do what is right and to look to increase. And then, because even now I'm not sitting here thinking, well, I'm doing this so I can get a reward. It's I'm doing this because it's right to do. I want to do it. Well, that kind of behavior I could see would be more of a reward to give you the kingdom than if you're looking just to do something out of obligation just to get it. Well, no, I'm not. You're not going above and beyond to do this. You're not getting that. And it's just eye opening about the thinking you deserve things that just thinking about the frustration of, well, I'm doing a good job. I deserve. And it's like be careful with that mindset because with faith, especially what do we really deserve? We deserve hell. And the fact of having faith in Yah, we get to not go there is enough of a reward to where, why are we complaining about anything that it's either hell or because of walking in faith that we're allowed into the kingdom, that just the fact that I can come in here is enough. I'm not going to look to get, extra accolades because if I'm in a position where it's deserved, but I'm not in a position where it's deserved in Messiah means that I'm in a place where I'm worthy to inherit this. But Messiah is the one, if anybody deserves it, it's Yeshua. He's the one that deserves it, not me. So being in him is look, my lot and my portion, I accept it. I'm not going to complain because like it says, godliness with contentment is great gain. It doesn't say godliness is great gain. It says godliness with contentment means you're not looking to get more than you deserve because if you're complaining, then you think you deserve more. Contentment is, no, I'm going to be okay with this. I'm not going to complain. And we've talked about complaining that if you have a complaint, to take to Yah that you've evaluated in yourself first and you want to go to God that yes, you can do that. But the majority of the time more than likely is the complaining because you're getting something that you don't think you deserve it. Well, is that contentment? No contentment is look, I have an example in this faith, which is Yeshua that he didn't complain. So I don't want to complain either. So I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be okay with it. So just getting the mindset off of, deserving things to what do I really deserve here? Do am I promised because of my works that I deserve heaven? No. 
it's because of faith in God, it's because of being in Messiah, mother in my heart, that I'm able to enter in. It's not because if it was by works, then Messiah came in vain. And then so Yah's looking at me for me to be the one that's the Messiah. Is that, are you the Messiah? Well, of course not. Well, then stop thinking that you can do something of your own. Because that's the thing. It's not that we don't do things. It's that you're not the basis of it. It's the work of Messiah that's the basis of the works that you're doing. You're doing the works that were set aside in him to do, not your own merits, because then that means I could uh, attain perfection myself. Well, that's not the case, because then Messiah came for no reason. So I'm, for me, I'm getting more on this to realize is that the the reward is something that's given for extra, not a deserved thing. And if you think you deserve it, then you find yourself coveting, wanting, and you get yourself in frustration, aggravation, and it's not worth going there. That's the thing. Is it worth going through all that to get a reward? What I did yesterday, was that worth it? And in my mind, no, it wasn't worth it. So evaluate, are you going to do that again? Don't do that. Cause if, cause I was attempting to tell them something to get a reward from them and I didn't get it. And I was like, well, oh, I did all this to attempt to get the reward. But is that really the mindset to have or just, no, I'm going to do the best I can. And if they want to reward me, because that's what I'm finding is that you have an expectation of a reward and you don't get it. That's the Lord, Lord, I did. I thought I did all these things. I'm expecting a reward. And then you're not going to get what you expected. And that's when the heart goes sick of, I was expecting this. I thought I was going to get eternal life. I I thought I was going to get rewarded. And no, unfortunately, you didn't even do what was required anyway, let alone get a reward. So this is, I'm grateful to you for this, because I this coming to mind of not realizing that the reward is the extra, not like we just assume that, well, yeah, I deserve rewards because, and you talked about this, you have a card where you get reward points. Well, is it that you deserve it or no, you're just going above and beyond. Like you're using, I guess you would say you're using your card in, in a way to get this benefit from them. But if you don't do what the card requires to get it, then you're not going to get any reward points from them because you're not using the card. Like you have to, to do that in in order to obtain the reward. Well, and it's interesting because someone might argue that, well, Messiah deserved getting into the kingdom of God. If that's true, then he cannot be like his brothers in every way. Okay. He came to be in flesh to be like man for a reason, okay? And even Messiah himself, uh, it was spoken about him (coughs) that he knew he didn't deserve to be in the kingdom because of being born uh, in flesh. And here's how, how we know that, that even Messiah did not consider equality to God something to grasp. Why? Because I'm in flesh. I don't deserve this. But see, he came to show us how we can receive the reward 
by crucifying ourselves to Christ or with Christ. So we crucify, like it says in Galatians, we crucify ourselves to the world and the world to ourselves. But it doesn't put us in a place of deserving it. The the place that uh, you deserve it is once you have crossed over to perfection. Once Messiah crossed into perfection, once he finished the race, then he deserves everything he has now. He he that's he deserves it. But prior to that, he didn't. And it's just like us. That's to keep us from getting boastful and arrogant before God, thinking that uh, just because we have faith that, well, we deserve to be in the kingdom. No. And then I uh, going back to the scripture that you brought about, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things? Uh, we deserve to get in the kingdom because we did these things. But look at the response of the other side. Lord, we didn't do anything to, we didn't do anything to deserve this. When did we do this? Oh, well, this is when you did this. So it shows you that one side is arrogance when you have an expectation that you deserve something, where the other side is humility is that, wow, I, I really appreciate. Thank you very much. I appreciate you giving me the extra that you gave me. Uh, now, I, I'm not going to, I don't go to my uh, boss every time a pay period comes up and say, thank you for my check. I really appreciate you giving me my check. No, because that is agreed on and the check is deserved for the work that I do. It's the above and beyond that is that I don't deserve. And this is something that it, it, we get in our mind and we think, well, God said that if, if I believe in his son, then uh, I'll have eternal life. So I deserve it because I believe in his son. Oh, if you think you deserve it, you better evaluate your faith because none of us, and this is what humility is about. Like Paul, even Paul having circumcision of the heart, making a statement that I'm the worst of sinners, meaning he's not saying I'm still a sinner. He's just saying that when I was a sinner, I was worse than anybody else because I was the best at doing it. Now, if everybody have that has that mindset, that's a mindset of humility, and humility does not expect something uh, more than what you deserve. And us, when if we in faith actually sit back and evaluate in this life, what do I really deserve? We get mad because we we have pain, or we get in a car crash, or I. Uh, the uh, house burns down or the various different things. There's all kinds of things that can happen. And we go into the entitlement of, well, this isn't right. It's not fair. Well, that comes because we don't do an evaluation of what we deserve. And in faith, in God, you have to know what you deserve. That's what gives you the ability to offer mercy and grace to someone else is the fact that you know you don't deserve to be in the kingdom. 
I know I don't deserve to be in the kingdom. I know I will be there provided I continue in this faith journey, but I know I do not deserve because anyone born of flesh deserves eternal punishment. That's what the grace of God is about. And we get, uh, we get to this place where we think we're saved and then we grow in arrogance thinking we're better than other people instead of realizing that, no, I came from that same stock. And because I came from that, just because I'm where I'm at does not make me better than anybody else. Now, it makes me, in faith in God, it makes me better off. I'm in a better position, but just not because of me, but because God gave me that position. And this is why it's hard for people to forgive other people because they have this arrogance of, well, you did me wrong and, and I'm not going to forgive you because I don't deserve for you to treat me like this. The reality is, is that I don't care what you face in this life. I don't care how hard the struggle, how bad it is, whatever it is, you can call it a fire. You can call it cancer, an accident, uh, illness, Uh, chronic illness, it doesn't matter what it is. You will complain about what you have, not realizing that you don't deserve it. Uh, That that, uh, song, uh, old, old song came to mind. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. In this life, We're not promised that you're going to have pleasure and joy all the time of of that of what we seek. As a matter of fact, in faith, Messiah paints paints a completely different picture. You will suffer and you will struggle in this faith. Well, here's, here's the interesting part. Why not struggle and make your struggle worthy of faith? Because in this life, you're going to struggle. I don't care whether it's faith or non-faith. This world is built with tragedy, trauma, struggles, strife. Why? So that you'll turn to God in humility. And God, I don't deserve anything from you. Thank you. And any time... I receive something else from God. I want to make sure that I'm thanking them for that reward, that we gain more knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And when we have conversation with Yah, that should be part of our conversation is Yah. Just want you to know, I really appreciate the knowledge and wisdom and understanding that you have given the growth that you've allowed us to have over the last 15 years or 20 years that we've uh, been together and, Uh, I'm just really thankful for those things because I know I don't deserve them, but you give them. And so I'm not earning it by the work that I do, but I get, we get rewards from God along the way, as long as we're walking in a humble mindset. And if anybody evaluates why they're not getting the reward. 
why they're not having the growth or whatever it is. It's probably because of this issue, because you have an expectation you deserve something that you're not getting. A wife may think that she she deserves for her husband to treat her right instead of thinking what would be right for me to treat my husband right and the husband thinking it would be right for me to treat my wife right instead of each one thinking about themselves. And that's what we're built in this world through selfishness. It's all about how what they're doing affects me instead of what how, what I'm doing and how it affects them. Because we can help to change somebody else's mindset and attitude in something. If we're putting our focus on their concern over ours and in faith, we, we need to be putting God's concern over ours. God, whatever you want, I'm not going to be concerned. You know, you got the, and, and we are, uh, I'll speak for myself. Um, we, we are in a comfortable place in where we are in this life, but what we have can be taken away. Uh, just like Job's, you know, Job sitting there, he wasn't expecting before uh, Yah let the enemy come at him. He wasn't ex- sitting there like, yeah, all this stuff's just going to go away tomorrow. And no, but when it did, that's the mindset to have. Huh, you know what? I didn't deserve to have it anyway. Naked I came into this world. Naked I will leave. The name of the Lord is there, is there to be praised. I'm, I'm not going to expect that God's going to reward, that these are rewards that I deserve. No, Job is a good example of, no, I, I recognize I don't deserve this. You know, do we expect good from God and not bad as well? Which means do we ex- expect uh, fun things and not struggles as well? Because the Lord produces both. And so this is really, uh, it's huge. It's, it's because it speaks to an arrogance within us. And if here's another reason why we don't want to complain and why I've set my heart against complaining is because you complain because you feel like you're entitled to something that you didn't get or that didn't happen. And therefore it's deserved. And it's like, no. I, I must, I must keep in mind that what I deserve in this life, I don't care what I've done. I don't care how much money you give to the poor, how many old ladies you help across the street, how many people, how many dogs you pull off the railroad tracks. It doesn't matter. You still deserve death and hell. That's something we need to make sure we keep in our mind, and that will give us the ability to have compassion, understanding, mercy, and grace on others who don't have faith in God yet, others who claim faith in God but are thinking they deserve what they're getting from God. We want to have compassion and mercy and grace for those people, and we can't do it if we think that we I are entitled 
to the things that uh, we have from faith. We don't entitle God for the things of faith. God entitles God for the things of faith. And because they entitle themselves to it, we do not deserve it because we are not entitled to it. But we get the grace when we walk in humility. And humility is the key that even though I don't sin in this faith anymore, I still know that that's a gift from God, that's a reward from God that I don't deserve and that I'm not going to think that I'm all that in a bag of chips. No, I came from a sinful life, and therefore, I was a sinner just like everybody else. The only difference is I followed the path of Messiah, and Messiah showed me how to be in a place where you do not sin because he did not sin. He came to be like us in every way to show us that you can do this, but even when you do it, you don't deserve it. And that's where the grace of God is. But if you don't do it, the grace of God is nothing to you anyway, because you just trample it underfoot thinking that, well, the grace is just, well, God, Messiah came and he just died for everybody's sins. So there's nothing I have to do. And there's nothing, well, well, yeah, there's nothing you have to do. But as long as your mindset is, there's nothing I have to do, then you can't have entrance into the kingdom. No, I want to do these things. I, I want to be pleasing to God and not because I'm gaining a reward, but because I want to be pleasing to God. I know that they're right, fair, and just, and I'm not doing it for the gaining of salvation. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, and I want to be pleasing to God. You start on the journey of the seeking it for the salvation perspective. But the end of the journey in circumcision of the heart takes your mind off of the salvation perspective. You know you ha- you're going to have it, but it puts you in a um, humble mindset of recognition that even Messiah, when he was here, he came as lowly. He didn't come with any splendor that we should look to him. That's telling us about the humility that he had and that we should carry the same, that we shouldn't look to be glorified for which we're we're doing this stuff for God and so people need to pay attention. No, no, don't pay attention to me. Listen to the words we say. Pay attention to God. Take and turn that attention to God because you're turning attention to me and say, oh, you, you, you talk so well or you do this or that or you sound so good or no, whatever, or thank you. Thank you for, I, I never saw that. Thank you for that. No, don't thank me. I'm just a messenger telling you what God has put in front of us. So if you want to thank anybody, thank God. You want to acknowledge anybody, acknowledge God. You want to be humble to anybody, be humble to God. And uh, humble uh, yourself before God, you have to be humble before your fellow man. Look at Messiah 
when he humbled himself in front of his fellow man to wash the feet of his disciples, which would have been uh, considered one of the uh, one of the lowest of jobs was to wash somebody's feet, yet he chose to do that. And then he went even lower by choosing to die a death that we couldn't die to get into the kingdom, but he could. And even when he died it, he knew he didn't deserve it until once perfected. Once perfected, now he's in the perfection of God. He deserves everything that comes from God. And when we enter into the kingdom and we are perfected, we are perfecting, we will be perfected. When we are perfected, then we will deserve everything from the kingdom and we will enjoy and uh, take part in all the things of the kingdom. I had a question come to mind and confident you know the answer. If I have a book in front of me, what's on the cover? Like if I buy a book, what's on the cover? The what of the book? Uh, The title. I was just sitting there. The title of the book is not at the back. It's on the front. And I was like, because in bringing this out, I made the statement. Well, Messiah deserves this. I was like, well, let me think about this. Because in my mind, I'm thinking Messiah, because he didn't sin that he deserves the kingdom. I mean, I was just, that's where my mind was. It came out of my heart. And I was just sitting there rolling this and thinking about it. And, and all of a sudden it clicked when it's, you said perfected. And I was like, wow. So the deserve comes from the one that has the title. So for example, I have the title to my car. I deserve to have the car because it's entitled to me. Like I'm the name that's on it. I'm the owner. So the deserve always comes from the one that has the title. So yeah, they determine what somebody deserves. Do you walk in line with what the title, what the agreement says? Because in my mind, and again, we're told to not lean on your own understanding. Well, Messiah, he's the son of God. Of course he deserves it. But then as scriptures were coming out, it's like, well, if he deserved it, then that means he would have complained that, why are you beating me? I don't deserve this. I'm the son of God that he knew in his mind he didn't. But think about it. Who can enter into the kingdom of God? You have to be perfected to enter into the kingdom. And that's why when people say somebody's in heaven, no. Are they perfected yet? They cannot be in heaven. They're not entitled to the kingdom of God because you're not perfect. So we need God in order to attain perfection. We're not perfect ourselves. Now we're in the process of perfecting, but wow, I, I didn't um, give Yah the glory here because I didn't even think about that. I was just like, well, he didn't sin. So certainly he deserves it. But, but, but again, the deserving falls in line of what the, the entitlement is. Was it, all right, my son, you're entitled to the kingdom, but what if he did nothing? When he was born, well, I'm entitled to it, so I don't have to do anything. No, he, but it just, as I'm discerning things that he knew he wasn't, and that's why I've come to do your will, that that's what I want to do. I'm not looking to, 
yes, I'm your son, but I'm not looking at it to where, you know, father, I don't deserve these things because I'm your son. And well, but in you, it's going to be greater that those in you are going to be able to enter into the kingdom, not just you, but everybody else. So this is just a help for me because in my mind, I was thinking that Messiah deserved it and we didn't. But as I'm being corrected here on this, as I getting more information that it makes sense because once perfected, then you deserve all the things in the kingdom because you're perfected, you're in a perfected kingdom. But until you get there, because this is what, what motivation is there to do it? If you think you deserve it, then well, I'm not, I don't have to do anything. I deserve it. And that's not a place of pride you want to be in. How would it sound to you? Okay. I'm just, just piggybacking off of that, which you, which you just brought out, uh, about, you know, Messiah, not him, him deserving it because he didn't sin. So what if I came to you and I said, Sean, you know what? I have circumcision of the heart. I don't sin. I deserve the kingdom of God. How does that sound? No, that's not right. <laughs> right. And if he came to be like us in and every he, way, correct. then he, that's why he didn't consider the equality with God, something to be grasped because he knew that he was in a body of sin. Though he did not commit sin, he walked in full obedience to his father. He was in a body of sin, and he knew that a body of sin is slated for hell. And so even Messiah himself, if he, see, we might think, well, well, he, he didn't, uh, he deserves it. And even Messiah himself, if he had taken himself down off the cross, if he had not gone through with the crucifixion and let them do it, he himself would have ended up in hell. There would have been nothing for God to reward because God rewards obedience. Again, just because you're obedient to God does not mean you deserve it, but they reward obedience and you may be rewarded differently than I am rewarded for obedience. I, uh, but that's up to God. Uh, God is the giver. It's up to them to determine. And so Messiah could not have deserved just because he didn't sin he, if he would have got to the cross and then disobeyed God, then he would have sinned. And therefore he would have been in hell rather than in the kingdom. And the kingdom he knew was still a reward for him. And that's the thing. We know that in circumcision of the heart, we don't sin, but that's not a prideful, boastful thing that it's just a, uh, comfort and a peace of mind knowing that I don't sin, that where I have, I don't have condemnation for things done. I, because again, if you sin, your heart condemns you, you know that you've sinned and you can't say you haven't sinned because your heart's condemning you. But when your heart doesn't condemn you, you have been freed from sin. And like in Galatians, if it says that I have, 
uh, being crucified to the world and the world crucified to me. That's how I can be in the world, but not of the world. Being in the world is remaining here. Being of the world is sin. And so I'm not of the world anymore, but I don't look at that, that it makes me that I'm better than somebody else. I am better off because the reward that God gives for those that do that is eternal life, but I don't deserve it. And I know I don't deserve it. And so that is why I'm able to look at somebody when I see things that they're doing and I'm able to sit there and say, you know, I'm not going to get mad about it or upset. I can see, you know, that's not right behavior before God, but it's, I'm not, if I get upset about it, then I've got a problem because I've done the very same thing. And I don't care who you look at and what you see. If you see them doing something that's wrong, you're either doing it or you've done it in the past. You've either done it physically in this world uh, or you've done it to God. And so it's really important that we recognize these things. But it is important to recognize that Messiah knew when he was here that he didn't deserve to be in the kingdom. He knows now that he's in the kingdom, that he deserves it, that, that that's when Messiah didn't receive the lotted inheritance until he entered into the kingdom. When he entered into the kingdom, he received his allotted inheritance, which then, once he received it, now he deserves it all. And it's the same concept with us. We don't, we don't deserve anything from God. Whatever we get is grace and mercy from God, even though we're in a body of flesh and we've done the things we've done for faith, it doesn't matter. This body of flesh is still worthy of death and eternal burning. And that's the beauty part of why when the circumcision of the heart is done, the, the, the circumcision, the uh, sinful nature is taken out of your heart and placed in the body of flesh. And your body of flesh is going to perish and stay here. That tent stays here. So that sinful nature stays here. When the sinful nature is in your flesh, you now control it. You are now its master. And that's what Yah was telling Cain in the Old Testament uh, with the Cain and Abel story, that sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. But he didn't have the capability of mastering it because he didn't have in mind to be obedient to God. And therefore, he, he uh, wasn't able to uh, get a reward from God rather than a consequence. Because, I mean, a, a reward is similar to a consequence. It's just generally we look at reward as being something f that's in a good perspective, where consequence uh, generally we might look at it from a negative perspective. Well, that's a consequence for what you did. And, but here's the reward for what you've done. Uh, you don't earn, you don't deserve it, but here, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a gift. But if you expect me to give you that gift again next time, then you're thinking you deserve it and that you're earning it. And that's not the agreement. Well, had the, just y'all giving more information to solidify this, that 
look at the aspect of the tabernacle and the priest and the high priest, that the high priest, it says, went in once a year to take in blood for himself and for the people. So I was just sitting there like we would be given a picture like, well, I'm not going in there. I don't deserve to go in there. And no, because it's a picture of Messiah went in first with his own blood, sprinkling the blood around everything. And then when we sacrifice, when we crucify ourselves with Messiah, then we sprinkle our, our blood. And it's just, I was just sitting there like, wow, just another picture. And then when Yah makes a statement in the old Testament, today you've become my son and today I've become your father, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Well, because now you're in the kingdom. Now you deserve sit at my right, my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool that now, because it says after his work was done, that he sat down at the right hand of God, that who's worthy to like, cause remember when they, the disciples asked him, they said, well, Lord, who's going to sit at your right hand and who, and that's not for me to say like, like, well, we deserve it. Yeah. Um, can I sit at your left? And it's like, no, that's for the father to decide. I'm don't look at what you deserve. Just be glad that you're at the table as opposed to Lord, where am I going to sit? You get to sit at the table of God, put me anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as I'm there. I was actually just thinking about the thorn in the flesh that Paul asking God, please take this away that the circumcision of the heart given, I was like, well, is that a reward? But it's part of the journey. The reward is when you get to the gates and, you know, metaphorically that now you can enter in because now you get to get into the kingdom because, you know, y'all please take this away so that I don't have to struggle. No, you don't understand. This is sufficient for you that my strength is made perfect in weakness. So you've been given this that oh and i don't think about it, it is a reward because you're rewarded for you have to put in the work in order to get to that point just an interesting concept the look at it from this perspective okay the circumcision of the heart being the award for your- the not sinning is the reward so you get the award, okay? You you've proven that you want faith in us. Like so we're like giving the, you right. We're giving you the diploma, the the plaque, the the award that says, okay, the circumcision of the heart. Now we take the sinful nature out of the heart, places it in the body of flesh. So uh, your reward for that is that you don't sin, and. It has nothing to do with that. the fact that I would never sit and say, yeah, I deserve not to sin because of what I've done and what I've been through. Yeah, I deserve not to sin. No, 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 no. I hold on to the words of the thief on the cross that fall right into this, the, the functional thief on the cross that fall right into what we're talking about, that, Lord, I, I don't deserve anything from you. I'm just going to ask you to remember me in the kingdom. And Messiah says, I got a reward for you. Surely today you'll be with me in paradise. Because he was being rewarded for his humility 
in recognition of who he was. And we've got to be careful that when we have faith, that we don't think we're better than other people. Other people may get the perception or they may feel like we think we're better than them. But our objective goal is to make sure we know that we're not better than them and we're not attempting to try to portray that we are better than them uh, because we want to keep that same humble mindset that the thief on the cross had when he was, look, Lord, look, I know you're an innocent man. You don't deserve to be this. I, I, he wasn't there like, take me down. I'm entitled for you to do that. No, he was completely humble without any expectation that his humble words were going to give him the reward of being in paradise with Messiah and paradise with Messiah being the uh, Abraham side as referred to in the rich man of Lazarus that you have those two sides because nobody's in the kingdom yet except for that what was there before and Messiah himself. Anybody else born in this life, if they've died, they're in a waiting place. They're either waiting for hell or they're waiting for uh, the eternal kingdom. And at the final judgment, all that will be verified and clarified. And so this is why we don't want to worry about if people persecute us, people put us down, people beat us or they kill us, whatever they do to us, that, well, that's generally what I deserve anyway. So I'm not going to complain about it. Is it something that you're like, yeah, I really want this stuff to happen? No, no. But if I'm going to be stoned to death or if I'm going to be put to death because I preach a message like Paul, uh, or if I'm beaten like Paul was, then I deserve that anyway because I still have a body of flesh. When, when I get into the kingdom, I will receive. And once I receive the uh, being fully perfected, then I get my share in the inheritance. And once I get it and it's mine, now I deserve it. But prior to that, I don't deserve anything. And I want to keep that mindset in faith of the thief on the cross that, no, Lord, I, I, I just want you to remember me because I know I know where I'm going. I know I deserve it. Uh, just remember me when you get into your kingdom. That's all. Just think about me. That's all. I don't know if you thought about this, but this was just given to me. This parable about the rich man and Lazarus. And just thinking in my mind when it says that there's a great chasm that's fixed. That one can't go to the other and the other can't go. I was just like, wow. Circumcision of the heart. You have that. That puts you on one side. You don't have it. Like with the garden of Eden where it says like that flaming sword was flashing back and forth, that that's the chasm. If you don't have circumcision on the heart, then you, you can't like it puts you, I was just thinking like that paradise, like 
we can walk in paradise because of circumcision of the heart, but that that's the chasm that's fixed that that's why with me, you go to this side, you're given circumcision of heart and those that aren't with me, you're separated. So that separation is circumcision of heart. And that's why if you don't have it, then you're stuck on the other side of the chasm. You can't enter into the kingdom because you don't have, you can't get through the flaming sword because the mother's there. And it's like, you can't pass back and forth because you have circumcision of heart. All right. Now you can pass over and stay on this side, but, but it's when you die, it's fixed. Meaning that when you die, if you had circumcision of the heart, you're in paradise. And if not that like, you can't, you know, please give me another chance. No, if you had circumcision of the heart, then you're on this side. If you're not, it's here. And that, like that death, that it fixes it to where that's the only way. I was just sitting there like, wow, I didn't piece that together. Right. Because it's set up like a trust. Like you have trust funds or you have trust, you know, you can put a house in a trust that will will go to the kids. Um, with circumcision of the heart, we want to be careful that you're right. There is, a, <clears throat> there is, we do have a separation and there is a chasm there, but it's not the uncrossable chasm that's in, that's spoken about. Once you die, you go to those places and I'm putting it to a trust, the trust perspective, because, uh, knowing this from Cindy's dad's, uh, when, when he passed away, that what he had set up was a revocable trust. Okay, so if it's an irrevocable trust, there's nothing he could, once he set it in motion, there's nothing he could have done to change it. It's irrevocable, but he didn't set it up that way. He set it up as a revocable trust, which means that at any point in time, he could go back to that trust and say, oh, Johnny or Mary Beth, and those are just made up names, but uh, they're not pleasing to me and they don't get this. I'm going to give it to Frederick, you know, whatever it is. It's revocable. And in a situation in life, more than likely the behavior of the children that the trust is set up for would determine whether the, uh, the, the trustee, the, the one who set it up, whether they go back and revoke it because no, well, you're not living, you're not living right. Or you, I think you're going to squander it. So I'm going to give it to the other one instead of you. But once when there's a trust, once the, the party that put it into motion, once they die, it then automatically reverts to an irrevocable trust. Okay, so with the concept of circumcision of the heart, we have a revocable trust, and that's why continuing the faith, make sure that what you're, that the, the race you've run is not in vain, and even Paul did that in, in speaking in Galatians where he, 14 years later, he went back to Jerusalem and he talked to uh the apostles there just to make sure he had run or wasn't running his race in vain. And so that's you, you want to make sure because once you perish from this earth, the trust is set and either you were in the trust and you go to Abraham's side or you were not in the trust 
and you go to the other side of the chasm where there's torment. And so just uh, kind of correlating that to a uh, trust fund just because we had experienced that with uh, Cindy's dad. And so it is a revocable trust. When we have circumcision of the heart, that's why we have the writings in Hebrews, uh, chapter 6, chapter 10, where it talks about the fact that you can, it can be revoked, it can be taken away from you because you fall away. It's because of your actions, your choices, you, the things that you do, you prove that, why would I want to give this person a reward? Because they're not, they're not doing what's pleasing. So I uh, just, just wanted to uh, add that to what you were saying, because that's that just makes perfect sense when you have that trust and then it becomes irrevocable. And then once it's, once it's set, then when the final judgment comes, the people who are headed going into hell are, are they're going to know it before the final judgment even happens. They, they, it's, it's going to be, they're going to know it once they leave this life. <clears throat> and that's why it's important that you find out how, that you can be in the revocable trust so that you can be in the irrevocable trust when life in this world ends and then you await your final inheritance or your final condemnation. Well, and with this, it's just kind of circling around to where we started the, the, in the world, and faith that there's rewards that are given, but really, really evaluate the reason that you're doing what you're doing is ultimately in faith is you want to do what is right. And if Yah gives rewards, wonderful. Um, but if not, just keep pushing forward, working through faith. And then in the end that if you persevere and endure, cause that's the thing that the, that's going above and beyond perseverance and endurance to the end is going above and beyond, not just, because think about it, if you persevere and endure through no matter what the struggle, that shows God that you really want it. And, oh, since you really persevered and endured, we'll give you a reward as opposed to doing the status quo or, well, just, just doing enough to get by. And that's why it says, be careful how you build your faith. Do you build it with the faith or the straw or the precious stones that are you going above and beyond to really work on your lower conscience and do the best you can? And, wow, this this is you know, be worthy of a reward uh, as opposed to you do it, you know, just to get by. Well, yeah, you're saved, but we don't want to, we should not have the attitude to, to just escape through the flames. That, that should not be our attitude. It should be, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this just to escape through the flames. I'm going to really build a good spiritual house the best that I can. And really what Paul was doing is he was just saying that if you have circumcision of the heart, that you, you'll be able to go in, but it's just as escaping through the flames. Don't live your faith and say, well, I've got circumcision on heart. I have nothing left to do. No, it's start building the spiritual house the best you can. So, well, I'll tell you what, with that, we'll, we'll stop for the, for the moment. Do you have something? I'm just going to make one statement that I can't answer for you, but I can answer this question for myself and I'll answer it from the back perspective that, the reward is well worth any suffering, any struggle, anything that we might endure in this life. To me, 
the reward is worth it. For anybody else, they have to figure that out for themselves. No, I agree. It's, I agree it's worth it as well. And I just thought about this, that when he told Abram, I'm your shield, I'm your very great reward, he's not talking about a linear aspect. This is for your life, everything that, think about this, Uh, look at, look at the reward that Stephen got. Look, I see Yah on their throne that imagine being able to see them on the throne. Like what a, Yah didn't have to do that. Oh my gosh, look at the Messiah at the right hand of God. Oh my goodness. How beautiful, how wonderful to where do you deserve that? Well, I deserve to see God. No, but if Yah does that, great. But which, and that's the thing is what better, what better, um, and we've had this, like you have ecstasy in something that you just have this big thrill to see the face of God face to face. You enter into the kingdom, you're going to go, man, look at the size of the fruit trees. Look at the fruit. Look at the water. Are you going to be like Abba, Yeshua, mother, you're so beautiful. I, I, there's not even words to describe like you're the reward, like that's the focus. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these other things will be added. Don't worship the things. Worship God. That That's the reward is just having relationship with them, um, knowing them more and more. There's no better reward than that to get to talk to God and have a conversation with the one that holds Jupiter in place and holds Saturn and all the planets and the stars. What a beautiful, wonderful thing. But we'll pause for now. And um, we appreciate everybody listening in and those that are listening in the future. And Lord willing, I will be back on the podcast and the plan this coming Tuesday. Um, Lord willing is um, uh, Tori, Phil's daughter, and our gathering will be with me on the podcast this coming Tuesday. So look forward to that, Lord willing. And after that, it's in Yah's hands, whatever they want us to do. But um, Phil, I'll, unless you have anything else, we'll, we'll stop for now. Everybody have a good day and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.